If you like betting on golf But everyone that you back misses the cut Get some experts involved With all the stats and the tips and so much more Cause it's the golf betting system The golf betting system is the golf betting system Greetings, welcome to the Golf Betting System Podcast. This is our 2023 Abu Dhabi HSBC Championship and the American Express Tips Podcast. Paul Williams and Barry O'Hanrahan join me, Steve Bamford, to discuss our selections for this week's DP World Tour and PGA Tour action. Good morning, gents. Morning, guys. Morning, guys. Please subscribe to this podcast as you drive the popularity of the show. This podcast is for listeners of 18 and above. Please be gamble aware. You can visit begambleaware.org for more information. And of course, please bet responsibly. Visit our world-famous golf betting system website with our in-depth betting previews. We've got strokes gained analysis on the American Express. We've got tournament form statistics, including combi course and current form stats. Plus, of course, PGA Tour and DP World Tour predictor models. All of these features, like this podcast are completely free of charge with no paywall. You can follow us on Twitter. Barry is at a good talk golf. Paul is at golf betting. I am at Bamford Golf. Subscribe to the Steve Bamford Golf YouTube channel where this podcast is available along with my weekly golf betting show. Now, you guys as listeners power this podcast, so we need your five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts. As ever, for those of you who leave a review, I will read them out at the start of a future show. Leave your name and where you are in the review. We need some five-star reviews, chaps, so uh, we're running out. So please, just give us a little five-star review on Apple. That'd be fantastic. Do what Ben did. Ben is in Seattle. Love the details and trends stats is the title. My favourite podcast to listen to and something I look forward to every week. Incredible course detail, trends, statistics, and no one talks as much about grass as these guys. I'd give this podcast a five-star review for the song alone. Ben, thank you very much. Brilliant stuff. Yes, thanks for taking the time to do that, Ben. Much appreciated. I don't know if that's good or bad. No one else talks about grass more than these guys, but give absolutely dreadful tips. <laughs> but, but but they know their paspalum from, the, they know their, from yeah. their bent power. They know their paspalum from their power trivialist overseed. <laughs> uh, let's talk about... I mean, it's a pack show. We nearly, really, really, really do need to move on. I'll tell you what just popped into my mind, Baron. People should follow you on Twitter because last week, and I, I and we were talking off about this after we recorded the podcast last week. You came up with a couple of major anti-post bets, didn't you? That you tweeted out. What are they? Well, like after the show, we I, we, I don't know, we started talking about the Masters and had a look at the odds, and I, one just jumped out to me it was Max Homer, and. You know, I always kind of re- remember a few bets that you know I didn't get, but it was the mismatch between world ranking and the odds. And Max Homa, 16th in the world at the moment, has had a pretty stellar couple of years. Continues to kind of, you know, for me, unlock puzzles to kind of level up in the game. And I just thought that that 66 to one for uh, the Masters was 
crazy. So I had to jump on it. And part of that conversation was you noted that, you know, the US Open's an LA Country Club, and that's going to be one that'll really suit him as well. Mm-hmm. And look, he hasn't got, um, you know, he hasn't got that major resume yet or great results at Augusta, but the, yeah, or, you know, LACC coming up. I mean, those two courses just seem like they should really fit. So yeah. I kind of liked it as an anti-post when, and particularly the anti-post market for majors the last couple of years has been pretty brutal. Yeah. I think we've all noticed that, so it's kind of nice to have so a So I, I like you. I think I, I jumped on at 66 to 1 for the Masters, and I jumped on at 50 to 1 for the US Open, which, as you said, they're, they're holding at uh, Los Angeles Country Club. And Max Homer, Mr. California. That's a, that's a, that to me is a it's a bit of a no brainer. All it will take is for him to win a title this side of Augusta, and note that those prices will get cut quite dramatically. Mm. I still think with Max, a lot of it is mental. The fact that he he's just starting to get his head around them, that he does belong at the top table. And now that he's worked so, so hard on consistency of his putting, it's really showing in his results. I think the tougher tests will suit him too. Yeah. Um, you know, the fact that he went and finished third at the Century, which is a, which is a birdie fest, uh, tells a story. His underlying game must be, must be really strong. And actually, he got off to a slow start, didn't he? He was, um, what did he shoot, 70 or something in the first round. So he was a little bit off the pace. So to come from there and finish the way he did... Um, in a in an event that's pretty pretty alien to the way that he plays or the way that he plays his best golf, mm. uh, yeah, he's positive. He's, he should be set up for a decent uh, decent season with a nappy factor under his belt as well. Wins on big boy. I mean, wins on big boy courses. Quail Hollow, first win. Riviera, you know, proper classical tracks. Tends to win at a mid score or technical kind of score. I mean, that win last year that was single digits, I believe. So major championship golf in essence, definitely. Let's talk about last week as well. Sony Open, I had a complete, uh, well, let let me recap on my tips. Um, Keegan Bradley, well, is Keegan Bradley. Um, Gary Woodland shot uh, 76 in round one. It was almost as if he was getting used to his new clubs. Then he shot 65 in round two, which I think was one of the best scores of the day. So Gary missed the cut. And then I had kind of Russell Henley kind of okay-ish and KH Lee kind of okay-ish and could have grabbed an each-way spot, but didn't. So that was me completely wiped out. And then, of course, we had this fantastic finish with Hayden Buckley setting the pace and there were there was a whole list of non-winners vying for the title. You know, Chris Kirk hasn't won for, they kept, was it nine years? They kept talking about Andrew Putnam. He, he likes to go backwards on a Sunday. David Lipsky's never won on the PGA Tour. Ben Taylor. Congrats to Ben Taylor, the Englishman. Two fantastic finishes over the last couple of outings yeah. on the PGA Tour. So it looks like Ben's going to keep his card, which I think is an outstanding effort from Ben Taylor. So, yeah, those guys were a Maverick McNeely. I mean, Maverick, wow. Maverick doesn't win. And uh, Siwoo Kim just used all of that Bermuda grass, short course, winning experience and just pipped it at the end. I did tweet yesterday, four PGA Tour wins now for Siwoo Kim. Every single one of them on Bermuda grass greens. Every single one of them on a short golf course. Mm. Yeah, he's got a blueprint 
Siwoo, doesn't he? So you, you know you see people tipping him up on Poro and you just don't bother. Got to be Bermuda grass. Got to be short. Yeah. You know, we, we could write a list of those eight courses every year. They would include Wailai Country Club, where he won yesterday. They would include, you know, the, the usual suspects, isn't it? TPC Sawgrass he won at. He's won also at PJ West, where they're playing this week. It's just all short Bermuda grass. Sedgefield Country Club, the Wyndham. That's his jam, isn't it? And every time, every single time I miss him, never have a penny on him. So nothing new there. Didn't you say, Barry, you were really ser- seriously thinking about putting him up last week? No, it was actually Sunday morning. I was having a look at the leaderboard after I woke up. Oh, okay. and it, Just looking at the names up there, I mean, he just seemed to be the most like, robust or decorated golfer. And out of them, I went, oh, I should back yeah. him. And I went, oh, well, you know, is, is he going to back up the 64 with another one on a Sunday when it really matters the most? And uh, my wallet decided he wouldn't. And he decided, no, I'm going to win. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's... It's good to see he's got he's got so much like potential. Everybody can see it, and he's. Uh, let's see what happens this season now. Getting the win this early in the year, be interesting. There's plenty of Bermuda courses they play on the PGA Tour. Mm-hmm. What price was he on Sunday morning, Barry? I I didn't look because I didn't. You know, I talked myself out of it before I even looked. I just went, nah, he's not going to do it. <laughs> so yeah, that was a bit of a dumb decision. But hey, moving swi- live and learn. Moving swiftly on. <laughs> <laughs> that was a rarity as well, that tournament, wasn't it? People were lumping on Tom Kim at 10 to 1. It's a, it's a sure thing. Sung J.M. Jordan Spieth. There wasn't too much action on Jordan. I think there was a little bit. All three of the favourites missed the cut. And Jordan's, well, from first round leader to miss cut. That, 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 that was full Keegan Bradley. Jordan must have been pretty much favourite after the first 18. Yeah, he was. He was nine to two. Wow. Yeah, he went. He went full Matt Every, didn't he? Yeah, I think someone. I think Dave Tyndall put a tweet out there about Matt Every, and I almost, I almost um, copied you in on the tweet. Was that the time that you backed him first round leader, and then he missed the cut? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, don't, you don't, you don't really care at that point, do you? <laughs> you don't you, care, but that's cracking. <laughs> If you've picked him up at first round leader and then he goes and shoots eighty two the next round and disappears, so be it. That's what you. That's what we love about golf, Ben. I think the listeners will agree. You, you can remember stuff from seven, eight years ago that happened: winning bets, losing bets. You just remember all this stuff. It's funny. Now we have got the start or the the restart because it's another one of these ridiculous schedules. The restart of the DP World Tour this week. And we've also got the return of the PGA Tour to mainland United States with the American Express in California. So two big events. Let's crack on. I just wanted to highlight, in terms of bookmakers for this week's top-level golf action, and there is plenty of it with some very good players, we're highlighting Bet Victor for the very first time. They are offering standout prices on popular players with market best odds. Which you take at five places each way at court the odds terms are the old standard terms. Now, as we record the podcast, they are offering market best prices on 12 to 1 on Tyrrell Hatton. This is all in Abu Dhabi. 
33 to 1 on Min Woo Lee. We've got 35 to 1 on both Adrian Moronk and Jordan Smith. And over in the United States, you can grab Scotty Scheffler at 11 to 1. Cam Davis at 50 to 1. And our friend, podcast friend, Ricky Fowler at 80 to 1. New Bet Victor customers get a bet £10, get £40 in free bets and bonuses when signing up through Golf Betting System. You can find details about their new customer promotion plus a link through to that very offer plus T's and C's in the podcast description. So yeah, Bet Victor, it's it's been noticeable the last couple of weeks. You, we're definitely seeing this split now with bookmakers. You've got those that are given the additional places like Ball Sports, like Coral, and you've got the other you've got the other sets of operators who are going standard five places each way. I caught the odds, but we are going to give you very best odds that we can on those particular players. And Bet Victor certainly seems to be leading the way this week. Right, Paul, I'm going to hand over to you for your first. Preview of 2023, the Abu Dhabi HSBC Championship. It's been a while, hasn't it? It has. Feels like a feels like a lifetime ago since the DP World Tour Championship. Anyway, yes, the Abu Dhabi Championship this week kicks off the uh, 2023 campaign on the DP World Tour. As you say, we've got an early early season Middle East swing as we generally have um, on the tour. So next week is the Dubai Desert Classic. And then the Raz Al Khaimah Championship this week um, and next week are both Rolex Series events. So we've got a $9 million prize fund, 8,000 points. And that does tend to attract a better quality field, as you'd expect, particularly in Ryder Cup year with those additional points and the prize funds um, elevated, um, which can make a difference to the season-long rankings. That has attracted nine of the world's top 50 players here this week. So we've got a decent enough field. Perhaps not the most stellar that we've seen in Abu Dhabi, but um, but certainly half decent. In terms of the headlines, or in terms of the odds, I guess, um, Tyrrell Hatton, Tommy Fleetwood, joint favourites at 12 to 1 best price at present. Shane Lowry, 14 to 1. Alex Noren, 20 to 1. Defending champion Thomas Peters, 25s. Bob McIntyre, 28 to 1. Uh, Minwoo Lee, 33 to 1, you mentioned a second ago. Uh, Seamus Power, 33s. Patrick Reed, Ryan Fox, all the same price, 33 to 1. Uh, 35 to 1, bar those players. Some, some decent names, some household names within that list as well. In terms of bookies, each way places, Boyle Sports, Coral, Labrooks, each of those bookies are eight places each way, one fifth of the odds as standard this week. Bet365 have, of course, their each-way extra proposition running as well, so there is an eight places, one-fifth option there, as well as um, some alternative options as well if you uh, want to mix and match the way that you play your each-way bets. Now, in terms of the course, up until last year, this event spent, what, 16 years, I think it was, at the Abu Dhabi Golf Club. Last year, we moved to Yas Links, and we're back again for a second look at that course this year. It's a 7,425-yard past 72, opened in 2010. Uh, and as the name would suggest, the Ass Links, um, it's been described, or designed, I guess, to look and feel like a Links course. Designed by Carl Phillips, and if you think in Carl Phillips, think uh, Kings Barnes, uh, Bernardus Golf, which hosts, or has hosted Dutch Open for the last couple of years. 
Uh, the Dior is another one where they used to hold, hold, uh, house the uh, Sicilian Open as well. So there's a few Carl Phillips courses to uh, to dig into that have been played on the DP World or the old European Tour over the years. It's got typical linksy features too, so exposed fairways, fescue grass, pot bunkers. Um, it's laid to paspen grass from tea to green. And it did present quite a challenge last year. Um, the wind was blowing, particularly on the Friday. Uh, Friday was a pretty brutal day. 10 under was the winning total last year, so it turned it into quite a technical test. Um, yeah, Friday last year, 30 mile an hour winds or what? It was pretty windy on the Sunday as well, so it was certainly no pushover. Doesn't look quite so bad this year, I must say. Thursday is probably the windiest day, uh, 15 to 20 miles an hour, judging by the forecast this morning. Five to ten miles an hour after that, maybe a little bit more here and there, but nothing major. Certainly not as difficult as we saw last year. And I should imagine that will mean the winning score will be that little bit deeper uh, this year than it was last. Thomas Peters won last year. Ten under, as I said, 40 to one was the price for Thomas Peters. There was, If you look back, and I look, you look back and do a post-mortem on any of these events and there was so much to like about Thomas Peters last year. It's one of those where you just absolutely kick yourself afterwards that you didn't pick him at 40-1, to which was a backable price, but that's the game. Um, going back prior to that, so this, this is the old course, um, the Abu Dhabi Golf Club um, winners. 2010 was Martin Keimer, 14-1. to Keimer won again. The following year, eight to one. Robert Rock, one hundred and fifty to one in twenty twelve. Jamie Donaldson, sixty sixes. Pablo Larathabel, one hundred and twenty five to one in twenty fourteen. Gary Stow, one hundred and fifty to one. The following year, some big old prices that used to pop up in Abu Dhabi. Ricky Fowler, sixteen to one in twenty sixteen. Tommy Fleetwood, sixty to one when he won in his first title in twenty seventeen. He won the following year at twenty to one. Shane Lowry was 60 to 1 also in 2019. Lee Westwood, 90 to 1 in 2020. Tyrrell Hatton was the last winner at the, the Abu Dhabi Golf Club, 12 to 1, the same price as he is this week. Now, if we look last, of course, all of that old Abu Dhabi Golf Club um, form, um, it's, apart from being in the same region, the course is very different. Um, I think it takes a different type of skill set. So, you know, for the mo all intents and purposes, that older data, the older results have pretty much resigned to the bin now. But if we look at last year in old isolation, Thomas Peters, in terms of his um, traditional skill stats, 10th for driving accuracy, for accuracy off the tee, he was 10th. First for greens and regulation, first for scrambling. Now, that could mean that he got away with a relatively poor putting week. He was 59th for putting average in the week um, for the players that made the cut. So he was right down on that ranking, yet hitting enough greens, uh, getting himself up and down enough certainly was enough to uh, to get him to scramble over the line there at 10 under par. Um, second and third places, Rafa Carrera-Bayo, Shabanka Sharma. They played it completely differently. They were ninth and first, respectively, for putting average. Certainly some different ways to skin this particular cat uh, at Yas Links. If you look at strokes gained, actually it's a very similar story. Thomas Peters was second for strokes gained off the tee. 
First for strokes gain, tee to green, and 12th for strokes gain around the green. The two runners-up that I mentioned, Sharma and Bayo, were first and third for strokes gain putting. So looks like you can scramble your way to success. Looks like you can uh, putt your way to success. Actually, if you look at the stats, um, and look at, just going back to raw greens and regulation, the, there are big greens here. They're big, big greens. Um most of the field were getting between 70 and 80% of greens and regulation. There was very little variance in terms of GIR stats between the field. So when you get an event like that where most people are hitting a very similar number of greens, um, it often does come down to who scrambles the best when they do miss uh, and who can putt the best, particularly lag putts on these greens where you can easily be presented with an 80, 100-foot putt um, and you're going to make need to make sure that you're getting um, getting that done in two two parts, no three parts, avoiding as many three parts as you can, and um, keeping your score ticking over. Uh, difficulty last year was notable, and I've said I don't think it's going to be quite so tough this year. But Thomas Peters, on his way to victory, made just thirteen birdies and one eagle last year. Um, which is a really low total. That's the kind of number that you'd expect to see at a, a Valderrama or something something of that sort. Just one player in the field managed to get to 20 birdies. Um, no one else got there. So it was certainly no pushover, certainly not a birdie fest. It should be a bit easier this year. Um, although, again, I'm not expecting it to be a total birdie fest. If I was to put a number on it this, this year, 16 under, probably feels about right to me. We'll see how close that is on Monday. When uh, what, other, what other course, Paul? Did you? I mean, we've only seen it once. What did you think? It is there any links to anything else that you see on the on the tour? Just it's uh, it's one of these. Yeah, I mean, it's one of these manufactured links courses. So you know, it does look and feel like a links. I think the um, picking out some of the um, Carl Phillips designs because bear in mind, Carl Phillips is. And produced a lot of these links courses in relatively recent times. So a lot of them are modern takes on links using linksy features, yeah. um, but not traditional links. Um, so yeah, I, I think that really a combination. If you look at if you're looking for correlating courses, I would be looking at um, Middle East courses that are exposed. I'd be looking at links and links style courses that are used around the uh, around the rotor um, and combining those certainly that's how i um started my analysis was this week so uh, something like oman saudi yeah oman saudi um you know some of the you know the renaissance the, the, some of the some of the more modern um scottish links style courses as well uh, Bernardus, which we mentioned, which is um, uh, over in Holland. Actually, a few of the Dutch um, courses that are used for the Dutch Open or the old KLM Open over the years as well. Some of them are slightly inland, but a lot of them share the same kind of um, same kind of features in terms of uh, you know, being open and linksy in style. And um, Paspalum Greens, you mentioned Saudi again. That's laid to um, Paspalum all the way through, so that's not a bad one to look at in terms of uh, picking out those who players who've uh, putted well on that uh, particular course in the past. So yeah, it's a bit to grab onto, I expect. But yeah, you've only got one year's worth of um, history here to actually dig into. The only real trend, other than that, to pick out. Um, and this does go back to the old Abu Dhabi um, golf club events. Every winner here 
um, and every single one this is um, had a top 10 finish in one of their last four starts so if you're looking to whittle the field down by a statistic that has stuck around for the Abu Dhabi Golf Championship over the years then pick those players who have had a top 10 finish in one of the last four starts and you'll be down to a relatively short shortlist before you start um, should that trend continue and as you said right at the top of the show Steve trends are there to <laughs> be broken <laughs> yeah so, so yeah you, you chop, your, chop your field all the way down there and you'll find someone comes off the back of four missed cuts and wins anyway um, boiling it all down I've backed five players this week um, I did look at the top of the market um, and um, you've, got, you've got Till Hatton you've got Tommy Fleetwood you've got Shane Lowry there I backed Shane Lowry last year. He was the 54-hole favourite. I really fancied Shane to go on and win this tournament last year. You know, a, a, a linksy course, a um, bit of wind in play. He was in right, you know, right in position and then shot 77 um, in the final round and uh, didn't even finish in the places, which was massively disappointing to start the season. But uh, hey-ho. Um, obviously, redeemed himself later in the year when he... Uh, uh, when he won at Wentworth but for me Shane actually hasn't been at the top of his game since that win at Wentworth so I could leave Shane around, uh, alone this week Fleetwood for me is a bigger threat um, you know some good form at the back end of the year played well to CJ Cup. he won the Ned Bank played well again at the uh, Earth Course but uh, if you're looking for a player who seems to mop up these Rolex series events or this kind of level of event, um, then I couldn't look past Tyrrell Hatton. So I've backed Tyrrell at 12 to 1, win only. Um, for me, it'll be boom or bust with Tyrrell. So no each way, um, relatively short price anyway. But if he goes out and he really fancies it this week, I think he could win. Um, if he doesn't, then he could tail right off. So um, I, there's not, not much in between for me. Uh, you look at his six wins on tour, twice a winner at the Dunhill Links. Of course, you've got the Kyle Phillips connection there with uh, with Kings Barnes. His other four wins were all Rolex Series wins. So he just seems to up his game, seems to find his form um, and really make that concerted effort when there's more money on the table, there's more points on the table. Of course, Ryder Cup year, so there's going to be enhanced reasons for players to, uh, to, to really put a, an effort in this year. Uh, but yes, twice has done it all links when a four times Rolex series wins really does stand out for me. He won on the nearby Abu Dhabi Golf Club course we mentioned back in 2021 before it moved here. Twice a runner up at the Earth course and that was including in November as well. Of course, he's not going to have a John Rahm here to contend with this week. Um, so that should make things a little bit easier. From a Lynx perspective, two top uh, six finishes at the Open Championship over the years. Um Closed out his Hero Cup effort last week with a 5-4 and four win over Antoine Rosner. Rosner was the last person to win on the DP World Tour back at uh, back in Mauritius at the end of December. And uh, Hatton dispatched him 5-4. and four. Sixth year last year on debut. Now, I read through a lot of the um, transcripts and um, uh, from, from the interviews with players last year. And Hatton's initial reaction to the course was that he really didn't fancy it. Yet he finished sixth last year and save for a couple of big numbers, really could have won. Um, Thomas Peters, who did win, said something very, very similar, said it just didn't suit his eye and then he went and won the golf tournament. So I'm happy to look past that. Um, I'm happy to look at his current form uh, and also the fact that he seems to pick up these events at will. So Tyrrell Hatton, um, 12 to 1, I've plumped for at the top of the market. 
A little bit further down, Bob McIntyre, 28 to 1. I fancied McIntyre for this last year. I backed him here. Um, I did know that he had a new driver in the bag 12 months ago. Um, kind of overlooked that. Hoped that he'd get on a bit straight away. He missed the cut. So, um, yeah, clearly it wasn't the right thing to, to do. 12 months on, I think he's a much better prospect. He shook off the rust last week at the Hero Open as well. He looked in great nick, actually. He won three points, including in that he finished with a 5-3 and three win over Alex Noren in the singles on Sunday. He won the Italian Open last year. Um, he should be super motivated to keep pushing on in order to make Luke Donald's team as well for the Ryder Cup. Of course, that was on the Ryder Cup venue, that Italian Open win. 10th in the rankings at present, so he's going to need to push on, but he certainly did his chances no harm with his effort last week at the Hero Cup. Lots to like in his game as well. He's playing with a smile on his face. He talked about it in an interview at the Hero Cup. Um, when he's playing well, um, it makes him happy. When he's happy, he's playing well. It's a kind of a cyclical thing with him. Um, so let's hope he continues that this week. Finished fourth at the Earth Course in the past, twice inside the top eight at the Open Championship for some for some uh, yeah, links form as well. Seventy sixth in the world rankings at the moment. He's got no invite to Augusta. Of course, he's played Augusta a couple of times and uh, got a couple of. I think he finished twelfth and twenty uh, third. I think last year from memory. Um, he's got a live chance of making Augusta again. With all these live players sliding down the rankings, someone sitting in the 70s or thereabouts in the world rankings, really a, a, a good win like this, that's going to set him up. It's going to get him in, in the in the right kind of position to, to make sure that he's inside the top 50 for April the 2nd, which is the uh, final cut-off date for players to enter the, the Masters through that particular channel. So Bob's in. I've also back, backed Victor Perez. Victor Perez was the first player I backed uh, yesterday and um, he's been extremely well backed and I can understand why. 55 to 1 when I picked him up early on on Monday. 40 to 1 is the best price now. I wouldn't be surprised if he's 33 to 1 or shorter by the time we start on Thursday or the early hours of Thursdays, it'll be over in the UK. So if you fancy a bit of Victor, um, you may need to be relatively quick um, with your bet this week to make sure that you get the price. He's another player who really impressed at the Hero Cup last week. Um, and, you know, that hasn't been lost on on eagle-eyed punters and, uh, and many a tipster so far this week. Three and a half points from, points from four, um, including that was a four and two win over Jordan Smith in the singles. Twice a winner on tour. Dunhill Links, um, he won, of course, Kings Barnes, which we mentioned, Cole Phillips. He won the Dutch Open last year as well at Bernardus, which again is another Kyle Phillips course. Third at the Italian Open since that win. Twelfth on his last stroke play start, the DP World Tour Championship. And uh, 58th here last year, that's probably the only fly in the ointment. But if you look, he was fourth after 18 holes. He was 10th to halfway. Just didn't finish the job off. He's, um, he's much more consistent now. He seems to be a much better player. And I think he's got a great chance of making the frame this week, Victor Perez. Um, slightly longer prices, two to finish. Adrian Ouse back to 80 to 1. I thought the price on Arnaus was far too long for what who is a very capable player. Of course, he won the Catalonia Championship in May, finally got that monkey off his back, and I'm expecting him to push on in 2023. 
He's got some good early season form in the past as well, including in that third at the Dubai Desert Classic back in 2020. Uh, third at the Saudi International, which you mentioned a minute ago, Steve. Um, he was second for putting average that week on the Paspalum Greens. No strokes game data that week, but we can infer that he played well with a flat stick. Ninth for the DP World, ninth at the DP World Tour Championship last time that we saw him. Game looked in really good shape as well. He was second for greens in regulation that week. He was inside the top dozen for strokes gain approach, strokes gain tee to green, strokes gain putting. Much improved putter nowadays. Adrian Else, 80 to 1, I thought was a cracking each way price for a player of his quality. And finally, I couldn't resist. Same old um, pick from me on Linksy style course, Matthew Southgate, 150 to 1. I've, I've probably said the same thing over and over again about so Perhaps one one week he'll actually come good when I pick him on a Lynx course. Second at Port Stewart in the past. Second at the Dunhill Lynx in the past. 12th and 6th at the Open Championship in the past. I backed him here last year. He was a longer price. He finished 42nd. It was a longer price because he hadn't played since October when he came here last year. Still finished in the mid-40s. That wasn't too bad given that he'd um, you know, three or four months worth of rust. This time out, he's played extremely deep into the year. He played all the way up to Mauritius, 26th at Leopard Creek, 14th in Mauritius. In terms of stats, this is what stood out to me. First for strokes gained approach, seventh for strokes gained tee to green on that last effort in Mauritius. I know, I understand that some of the stats at the back end of the year were caddy collected, so you do need to... Um, be relatively cautious with some of the strokes gain stats on the DP World Tour at the back end of the year. However, that is typical Matt Southgate when he's playing well. Um, and I think if he putts well this week, he could threaten a place at 150 to 1. Uh, so to recap, Southgate, Arnaus, Victor Perez, Bob McIntyre, and a win only on Till Hatton at the top for me. They're my five. Barry. Anyone caught your eye this week? I'm terrified by the lack of recent play of a lot of the mm. field coming into this. That makes it uh, that bit trickier. So, I'm Did you catch any of the Hero Cup last week? Very little. Mm. Um, yeah, they did it. Yeah. Did you? Yeah, I watched, watched a bit of it. They said it has helped shape how I've gone. Just to your point, really, about the you know rust and um, and lack of play, and mm. uh, I think it was useful to see a few players and see those that were playing well, um, those that could potentially hit the ground running, and those potentially weren't playing so well, and and, and uh, you know might be ones to swerve this week. Anyway, sorry, go on, you carry on. No, I watched some of them. The, um... The highlights packages the European Tour put together of the matches, which were um, nice, nice uh, things to catch. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm going very light. Um, I'm going to pick one one bet I have so far is Scott Jameson. Just yep. seems to absolutely adore playing um, here, whether it be this course um, or the previous one. Four meets, eleventh, eighth, sixteenth, and tenth last four years. 10th being last year and that's a worse 10th than it should have been because he had a dreadful final round 77 and um, if he'd shot level mm. par he would have won the tournament by uh, a shot I think the part yeah so yeah yeah um, yeah not the you know it's, it's going to be an 11 year gap to his previous win so it'd be a hell of a catch if he does get it but uh, we've got about 70 to 1 
took to the 10 places on bet 365 okay so yeah that's that's me for for this week until you know unless something else pops in my head but i'm just gonna slowly let things digest and see where we're at keep your powder relatively dry jameson's interesting because he has been playing some really good golf particularly at the start of tournaments and um, certainly one to look out for in the first round leader market if he gets a good draw um, it just seems to, and, and, and you know, the way you articulated what he did last year, it just seems to epitomise how his events tend to finish, which, you know, really good contending positions. And then, uh, you know, a, a sorry Sunday, which uh, which is a shame for him. Perhaps he'll turn it around at some point. Winning is hard. It is. Yeah, it's not easy. It's not easy. Steve, any, any fancies from you? My first reaction when I looked at Bet365's opening odds was, why is Ryan Fox 40 to 1 in this field? <laughs> so I backed him, eight places each way, each way extra. Yeah. Cracking year last year, didn't he? <laughs> why is Ryan Fox a longer price than Patrick Reed? Mm. I mean, we're not, we're, it's, yeah. not a, it's not a, like, um, I was going to say a popularity contest, but clearly Ryan Fox would win that over Patrick <laughs> Reed. But... <laughs> Yeah, it's Patrick Reed has been playing exhibition golf for the last nine months. Yeah, um, yeah, sixth in Saudi in twenty twenty one and sixth there in twenty nineteen. So coastal past Barlam. You look at where he's played well. A lot of the courses you mentioned, like um, over in Denmark, Ryan Fox has got huge results in at all of them, and yeah. in Dutch Open. So Fox, the other one I thought that there is a player. Or, you know, if you looked at last year and we'd have gone down the pub and talked about players, you know, before Christmas who were in really good nick at the end of the year, surely Gavin Green would have been in that conversation. I backed him 80 to 1, again with bet 365, eight places each way, each way extra. He was in absolutely stellar nick at the end of last year, Gavin Green. You just look at his record. Third in Saudi in 2020, 11th there in 2019. He's had a top 20 in Omar. And in Qatar, he's had a fifth in 2022 and a 12th in 2020. And if this is going to be easier, more scorable than it was last year, because we know Gavin Green, he likes a birdie or an eagle. I think this will suit him better this year. So yeah, Gavin Green, eighty to one. Yeah, I can't, I can't, I can't disagree. Green was um, was certainly one that I considered because absolutely, as you said, if it's easier conditions this year, it's an exposed course. He can open his shoulders up. Um, when he plays well, he's he's particularly good with the driver. Um, so yeah, I, I could see him going well. If he gets off to a quick start, then he could uh, he could hang around this week. I also love the idea of Victor Perez. Mm. Does he start the season well? <sighs> he has done. Yeah, he's, he, he can hit I the ground running quick. Yeah, was he playing last week? Yeah, oh, he was outstanding last week. He was one of the real eye catchers at the Hero Cup for me. Um, he finished his his final two holes that he played um, against Jordan Smith. He finished off with a, a 30, 30, 40 foot putt and then a 20, 25 foot putt. He just made both of them, finished it off constant ease. But some of the play before that looked really good from tee to green. Mm. Um, you know, great to see a player who uh, seems to have wintered really well and uh, come out playing some really good golf and you know, it's not been lost with punters he's been backed off the boards um, since that opening show of 55s but um, for absolutely the right reasons I think he could go really well and he's got those Kyle Phillips links as well there's there's an awful lot to like with Victor Perez this week I might have to take a 40 to 1 quickly on a bookmaker with very poor oh, be, uh, it, each way terms yeah. but yes he'll be 
It'll be 33s. So, yeah, I think I'm going to go Fox, Perez, Green. That's my throw. Very good. Well, let's move to the American Express, the old Bob Hope lottery, yeah? If anyone tells you that they've got a handle on this event, I say this every year, they haven't. <laughs> it's an absolute lottery, right? Let's get that out there straight. Strokes gain this, strokes gain that, it's a lottery. Right. I got that straight away, yeah? Anyone can win this event. 600 to 1 chances win this event. So if you're following John Rahm in at 6 to 1, good luck. Could win, unlikely. An absolute lot. I've got to say, the event is a lot stronger. I think this is the strongest I've ever seen. Clearly, people are using this as a warm-up for Torrey Pines next week. Ram, Cantley, Scheffler, Finau, Zalatoris, Xander. I thought Xander had a bad back, but he's clearly got over that. Sun Jae-im, Cam Young, Tom Kim. Tom Kim has moved from a 10 to 1 favourite to 25 to 1 this week. Sam Burns at 33 to 1, Harmon at 35 to 1, Hoagie. Tomboy Hoagie. I've had two each way places out of Tom Hoagie, one at 200 to 1, one at 150 to 1, or 125 to 1 last year. He finished second. You won't be surprised to hear that, regulars. Um, 40 to 1 this year. 40 to 1 Siwoo Kim. 45 to 1, the putting god that is Taylor Montgomery. And it's then 50 to 1 bar. Played over three courses. 156 man pro-am. It's an absolute lottery. The uh, stadium course, which has now been rechristened the Pete Dye Stadium course, is the host course. So... Two rounds will be played there. And they'll also play a round each at the tournament course, which is a Nicholas of course, and at, at La Quinta Country Club. Um, we were talking earlier, weren't we, about my absolute um, fascination with agronomy? Yep. Yep. Um, we've got a situation this week, which I haven't seen before. Um, the Greens at La Quinta... Uh, they are poet trivialists with ryegrass overseed. No mention of Bermuda grass on the um, fact sheet this week. Right. Anyway, the others are Bermuda grass. They've, they've all got this poet trivialist overseed because of the time of year in the desert gets very cold at night. So they are Bermuda grass gr uh, base, or two of them are, with this poet trivialist covering. So overseeded greens. It's just a birdie fest. They are short golf courses. They are there for the taking. The most difficult is the Pete Dye Stadium course. Lots of water in play. Seven holes of the 18 with water. They're all past 72s. All gettable. All short. Winning scores of late. 23 under par for Hudson Swafford. He's won here twice. Clearly won't be winning here this year. He's a livster. Siwoo Kim's won here. He tends to go well on Bermuda grass short courses. Do you know that, chaps? <laughs> 23 under par he won at. Yeah. Andrew Landry. There's a name for you. 26 under par. Now, I was on Scotty Scheffler that year. He finished third. Landry just took that away. And Adam Long, 26 under par. Last three winners of this. 175 to 1, 66 to 1, 200 to 1, 600 to 1. John Rahm won at 10 to 1 in 2018. 
The average winning price of this going back to 2010 is 141 to 1. All I'm saying is everyone's in play. It's a resort scoring tournament in the middle of the desert with very little wind. A lot of these pros that you've never heard of will come to the top of the leaderboard. I think I'm trying to remember last year, the 54 hole leaders, I think, were Paul Barjon who isn't playing on the PGA Tour anymore, and Lee Hodges. I don't know what odds you'd have got for them to be 54-hole leaders at the start of the tournament. No, but as you said, it does throw up some real anomalies, this uh, this event. When you're getting players winning off the back of absolutely no form at 600 to 1, um, that does tell you it's a... Uh, Bit of a punt. Now, I think a lot of people, a lot of experts out there be going, oh yeah, but it's the strongest year, the cream will rise to the top, blah, blah, blah. I'm not so sure. Um, if I was going to have a bet at the very top of the board, you know me, I do. I love Cantley in the desert. My only problem with Patrick Cantley at the moment is he's now free on club selection. He has no tie to any manufacturer. And that is good and that is bad in my view because clearly it's good for him. Eventually he's going to find the set of clubs perfectly made for him. But when I read a report, you know, it's, it's, he's testing different drivers, different irons, and you just think, well, that might not be as quick a, quick a process as you, as you would like. So that put me off Cantlay. Um, clearly the market's found him. He's 11-1 to 1 joint favourite with Scotty Scheffler. 13 to 2, John Rahm. Does John Rahm go win win? It's more than likely. Um, he's putting, well, he's just probably playing the best golf in the world right now, so Rahm's the rightful favourite. You've then got this quite small gap to Tony Finau. 11 to 1, Scotty Scheffler, 14 to 1, Tony Finau. Not sure about that gap, seems very tight to me. And then we're out to the likes of Will Zalatoris, who finished in the each way places here last year, but for me, doesn't grab me as a player that's going to shoot 23-25 under par. Might be wrong. Xander Schofley. Well, last time, apparently he had a bad back being marched off Kapalua, so I wouldn't be backing Xander at 20-1. to 1. I eventually came on Cam Young. Um, I would have preferred 30-odd to 1. I, I remember getting Scotty Scheffler back in the day at 35-1 to 1 for this, and that was a nice, juicy price, I thought, for, for an excellent player at the time. Cam Young just kind of fits to me. Um, if you actually look at... He was sixth for birdie average last season. Only Scotty Scheffler and Patrick Cantley ranked higher in this field. He already sits fifth for birdie average this season, in this embryonic season. Only Cantley and Rahm have got better rankings. So I managed to get 22 to 1, eight places each way with William Hill. Young has just got this litany of low scores. 64 at Torrey Pines, 62 at Riviera, 63 at Harpertown, 64 at St Andrews, 63 at Detroit Golf Club. And then you look at him here last year, he played here last year. Bear in mind, this guy, this guy finished <laughs> second, second, I'm, I'm choking here, I'm so excited. Second at St Andrews and third at the PGA Championship in his rookie season. Didn't really get much fanfare, did it? But second in the Open, third at a PGA, in a rookie season. I mean, that's just incredible. 
Still hasn't won though. So I just think he's going to be hitting the ground hard this year. Cam Young, somewhere like this, potentially somewhere like next week at Torrey Pines where he can use that huge length of the tee in a star-studded field. Also somewhere like Phoenix. I think Cam Young is one worth following on the West Coast swing early this season. Very similar to what we saw last year with Scotty Scheffler, who got his first ever PGA Tour victory at Phoenix last year. I'm following that narrative, yeah? Mm-hmm. So I'm on Young. Um, and I've just then... It, I like this event. It's just fun. It's a fun event, and you can you can choose players at wacky prices. I've got Cam Davis at 50-1. to 1. Again, eight places each way with Bet365. Playing some very nice golf. Played deep into the season. Um, seventh at the Australian PGA. Won by Cam Smith. He then won the Jeff Ogilvie organised Sandbelt Invitational, which they played, by the way, across four different courses um, in the Sandbelt area. So, you know, shows adaptability there. It wasn't the hugest, you know, it wasn't a great standard tournament, but he's coming off a win and it's difficult to win golf tournaments. He'll have a bit of spring this dry. 31st at the Sony Open last week. It was eye-catching for me. Second for strokes gained off the tee. Tenth for strokes gained tee to green. He has finished third here in the past and won the Rocket Mortgage Classic in 2021 at 18 under par. Beating our old friend, Wacky Neiman and Troy Merritt. So he got a decent record on peak die designs. He was third at Harpertown last year as well. Cam Davis, the sort for me, 50 to 1. I've then gone for a um, another player, an, a maiden on the tour, who I don't think is going to be a maiden for too much longer. Another guy, loves free court scoring tests. Played well here last year. I, I worked it through. Over rounds two and three, and I know it was on different courses, so you can't compare them like for like. This guy shot the lowest total last year. Sahith Tigala, I've got a 55 to 1. Again, bet 365, eight places each way. If I was backing players this week, I would take as many each way places as you can get at something like this Bob Hope lottery, just for obvious reasons. The scoring is going to be low. The leaderboard is going to be packed. I would far have eight places over six uh, and five. You've also got a situation where Coral and Ladbrokes this week, first time ever, Paul, at a PJ Tour event, 10 places each way, 50 uh, odds. Yeah, I, I can't remember at a, a regular event them going 10 each way. Yeah, they do it at majors, but not at a PJ Tour event, yeah? No, no, no. So, nice yeah. aggressive position. So, uh, if you yeah, want to maximise your places this week, listeners, you're over here in the UK and Ireland, Coral, Ladbrokes, 10 places each way this week. So well worth a visit. That's their standard market. So yeah, Tigala, playing some nice golf at the end last year, got himself into the world's top 50, has a spot uh, as a Masters invite. He's, he's from California. When you look into it, uh, he, he grew up uh, Orange, California. It's about an hour, hour and ten minutes drive from Palm Springs, from La Quinta, where they're playing this. Local lad, 14th and 6th at the, in Silverado at the um, Safeway Open. Um, that was on... Uh, and then 11 months on sponsored by Sahith Shot, 66, 64, 69, to lead the Waste Management Phoenix Open last year going into Sunday. The Phoenix Open on a sponsor's invite. Again, 
Desert Golf up in Arizona, local to this. He was competing against the likes of Brooks Kepka. Do you remember Brooks? He used to be a good player. Scotty Scheffler, Patrick Cantlay, and Xander Schofler. And finished third in the end. So, I mean, that showed you two things last year at the Phoenix Open. Loves Desert Golf can compete with the very biggest names in the sport. So yeah, I'm on I'm on Tigala as well. I think he'll go well here. He shot a 10 under 62 on the Nicholas Tournament course here on Friday last year. So my mid price is I got 55 Tigala. I got 50 to 1 Cam Davis. I got 22 to 1 Cam Young. I'm going to I'm going to pass it over to you chaps. I've got um <laughs> I've got another three, believe it or not. I've gone mad this week. Six players. Who have you? Who who do you fancy in this uh, Bob Hope lottery? That's it's so easy to get carried away in the pro ams, isn't it? You just see so uh, many opportunities for guys going well. Um, I've gone for K H Lee. So where's my rationale for this? More you might have a winner. Because every time I back KH Lee, he finishes 35th, 40th, and then I don't back him, he's right at the top of the leaderboard. So I, I backed him last week, so you're probably getting on at the right time. Oh, you've caught me, Steve, just like that. <laughs> every time Steve backs someone and jumps off, and that's when to jump. I don't know. He's oh, um, yeah. Perfect time. <laughs> good work. But he's, he's fifth in strokes gained T to green uh, in your running tracker. He's 13th in strokes gained total. And I saw him somewhere in the putting there as well. 17th in your putting tracker. So mm-hmm. all kind of matched up to a nice, uh, what did I get him at? 66, was it? Yeah. 66 to there. one, yeah. yeah. When he won so. uh, down in Texas at his home tournament, he always wins mid twenties, doesn't he? Underscore, under par. He, that's the kind of he seems to yeah. thrive on that on those low scoring tests. Mm. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It can, can, can post a low one. Mm. The other stat that it got me just uh, he's fifteenth in birdie average on tour for this season. So it's for twenty four rounds, mm. but it's it's a nice little backup to going into something like this where you're going to need to make a lot of birdies. Um, I'm sticking with Lingmurt, like you said, Paul, uh, or was it Steve? I can't remember which one of you said. Just stick with him for this week as well, even though I had a, took a punt on him last week. I'm just stick with him for one more week because he said this was a good week to keep him on board. What price did you get on David? Um, I took him. I took him with. I took him with all the extra places on uh, Bet Three Six Five for two hundred for twelve places. I can see a 300 hanging there right now. It no is, one's yeah. interested in. But yeah, David Lingmuth. You'd ne- if you're one of these statistical freaks like I am, you'd never put him up. But at this event, it's interesting, you know, Denny McCarthy, you, you get a lot of players here in recent years that are scraping 60% greens in regulation. They then scramble brilliantly and make loads of putts and get in the top 10 here. That is a definite opportunity for David Lingman who's finished second at this tournament twice once on the old rotor and once on this new rotor but yeah you're getting 250 to 1 in uh, and in you know in other cases 300 to 1 on a player that's had a couple of top 10s in his last four that's crazy really mm. 
He also loves a, um, he absolutely loves Nicholas courses. He won the Memorial Tournament. That's the only win he's had on the PGA Tour. And he also loves Pete Dye designs. You just look at how well he's done at Sawgrass. He finished second to Tiger Woods in the 2013 Players' Championship. And he's also had a third and a sixth at the Valley Course, which is next door to TPC Sawgrass. So likes Dye courses, likes Nicholas courses. In good nick. He's had 11th at Bermuda, 8th at Mayakoba, 10th at the RSM Classic, and we're picking him up for 250 to 1. On a course where he's already finished second in the past. I'll have a bit of that. Yeah, it's a, it's a fun one. I think the thing going into the Pro-Ams of why I don't usually, or even more so, avoid the top of the market is the, the chaos element of the Pro-Am partners and the Pro-Am format. Like, the Pro could get, like, a group to play with that they just don't quite sync with, don't have the banter with, or they don't like the, the pace of play. So there's a, like, as, as difficult as it, is, as it is for us to pick a golfer on any given week, on any regular week, you've got that extra element of chaos going on this week with the, the Pro-Am partners. So it just makes it that little more tricky to for me to commit to a shorter price. Mm. Yeah, that comes across, doesn't it? Mm. What about you, Paul? You like a long shot. Don't tell me you've gone for John Rahm, this new ilk of yours, backing the favourites. All right, but the long shot I've backed, um, I was actually just stuck with Kevin Yu, who I backed last week. Mm. Played quite uh, well, 200 to 1. Kept yeah, getting onto I, the fringes and then not pushing through. Yeah, and if he'd have a better back nine on Sunday, he would have placed. He was... Mm. Um, I think he needed to go a couple under for the final seven holes and he shot one over, which, um, you know, when push comes to show on a Sunday, you, you can't do that. So he was there or thereabouts. He made 22 birdies on the week. Only eventual winner Siwoo Kim and Chris Kirk made more birdies mm. than uh, Kevin Yu. And going into this type of um, birdie fest, that's exactly the kind of number I want to see. So quite happy to stick with him at 200 to 1. Um, I've also stuck with Tom Kim at 25s. Yes, he missed the cut last week. It's not always going to be plain sailing with uh, with Tom. He's going to come to some courses that he just doesn't get on with um, for whatever reason. doesn't make a great deal of sense because that seemed to set up really nice from last week. But as you said, when you read through the um, the odds, he's gone from 10 to 1 or thereabouts to 25 to 1 mm. in the space of one week on the back of one missed cut. And I don't think that's... Um, entirely relevant, I think. He oh, yeah, and this is the last time we were in the desert, he won in Las Vegas. Yeah, so I think there's uh, yeah, I, I, I think for 25 to 1, there's enough enough juice in that to have a go. Um, and at the top, I have backed John Rahm. Oh. Now, the reason I've backed him, what is going on, Barry? <laughs> it's the, the same argument for me as it was for the century. If you, I, I've got him a seven to 1 enhancement only, if you give him seven attempts to win that this event in his current form then he wins at least one of them in my view he's won this before um he's won his last two uh, two of his last three outings three of his last five outings he was second for strokes game putting at the earth course he was first for strokes game putting at kapalua can you remember what he said when he walked off last year 14th um he finished here last year and he was talking about this tournament being a piece of shit putting contest <laughs> his words um He's turned into a fantastic putter. You know, he's putting absolutely lights out this year. Oh, at the back end of last year as well. So he's coming to an event where it's 
going to require a hot putter and he is holding an extremely hot putter. It's a price thing for me. It's, it's, it's based on the fact that if you give him seven t- attempts at this, he will win at least one. So seven to one, in my view, is worth taking on. So happy to do it. I've actually doubled Ram with um, with Till Hatton as well. And that works. So depending on how you place or which book you place it with, you'll get somewhere in the region of 90 to around about 100 to one on the double on that. So Ram, Hatton, double and uh, a single on Ram as well. I reckon you've been spending time down in Steve Palmer's garden shed. I reckon you've been catching the train down there, Paul, and spending some time with Steve Palmer. Yeah, I, I just, I, I think, <laughs> I, I look at, I look at the rationale for this. If if he was coming in at three to one or four to one, then maybe mm. not. But I th- seriously think for a guy playing the golf that he is, if you give him seven goes at this, he wins more than one. I tell you what, I'm looking forward to next week: the market for the Farmers Insurance Open with him playing, Rory playing. Who's going to be favourite? Uh, Ro- It'll be fascinating to see. And that's Ro- an absolutely Rory's- loaded event next week. That 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 betting board is going to be fascinating. Well, Rory's playing down at uh, Dubai, so oh, that's right, yeah. Um, so, but even so, there's you know, there's, actually, there's going to be two cracking events next week, isn't it? There? Mm. There's your transatlantic double, Steve. Mm. Oh, what Ram and McElroy? Yeah. Well, sorry, I mean week, Paul. Yeah. Paul, well, what will be Paul's transatlantic double? You probably get like what twelve, twelve yeah, to one combined odds. Yeah, that might be. A- that might be getting a little bit short next week. I've got three more. I've got Adam Hadwin, the absolute desert rat. Again, 60 to 1 with bet three, six, five, eight places each way. The early odds, there were some 66s floating around and they lasted about 10 minutes. I could take you through Adam Hadwin's desert golf record. It will take too long. Um, just look anywhere. Summerlin. Scottsdale's a little bit different. I mean, he's had a 17th. But Summerlin and PJ West just plays his best golf. He won the 2010 Desert Dunes Classic on the Canadian Tour, just up the road in Palm Springs. Loves the area. Used to live in Scottsdale. Probably still does. But, um, yeah. Played very, very nicely on his last start in Houston. Um, Just hitting the ball beautifully. Um, So, yeah, uh, I can see Adam Hadwin at 60-1. to I really can. Getting at least into contention. Another one um, I love on these really these birdie tests. J T Poston, the postman, seventy to one. I've got eight places each way with William Hill on J T Poston. He's won his two tournaments, be them the Wyndham and the John Deere Classic. I mean, there's two birdie fest straight away on short golf courses. Twenty two under par, twenty one under par. Won the John Deere Classic last year, his second PJ Tour event. Made the Tour Championship. Is on the fringes of the world's top 50, Poston. Made a real step forward. Um, seventh here in 2019. He was 25th here last year. When he was 25th here last year, this grabbed me. His form inbound was 42nd. Miscut, 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 miscut. Finished 25th. <laughs> this year, his form reads 20th, 21st, 21st. 20th. I'll leave it at that. Uh, and finally, David Lingworth, our 250 to 1 shot. What can go wrong, Barry, on David Lingworth? I mean, he can miss the cut and we don't feel any <laughs> different. Just go again. <laughs> uh, I went the full point each way on Lingworth. When he, when he rocks up on Sunday night as the winner, 
I will be running around the cul-de-sac here naked. <laughs> oh, no. So we've got Lingmouth, JT Poston, Adam Hadwin, Sahith Tigala, Cam Davis, and Cam Young. My six for the American Express, better known as the Bob Hope Lottery. Is that us for the is that us for the week? Yeah, all done. I am really looking forward to this week. I'm looking forward to next week as well, yes. Dubai, the return of Rory McElroy, and we've got the Farmers Insurance Open up at Torrey Pines on the PJ Tour. It's been a blast. Thanks for your tips, boys. I hope they go well. Yeah, best of luck, boys. You too, lads. Best of luck to listeners, and if you've made it this far, please throw a five-star review at us on Apple Podcasts. It'd be much appreciated. We'll see you again next week. Goodbye. If you like betting on golf But everyone that you back misses the cut Get some experts involved With all the stats and the tips and so much more Cause it's the golf betting system The golf betting